This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. You know, as we've been worshiping the Lord today, I want to share with you for a few moments the scripture. I want to begin to help you to understand what God is desiring. I believe in a prophetic moment, what God is wanting to do in our lives as a church, and I believe even in our times today. You know, we're starting a new series called Focus. Focus, living with certainty in a time of uncertainty. And we wanna begin to look at how do we stay focused? How do we really know what God wants and what God is desiring in our lives? You know, when we focus, it helps us. It helps us to begin to understand with clarity, getting clarity in these times of uncertainty. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today as to how to find God's best, how to find the purpose of God and to begin to understand the, 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 the path that God would want us to go on and to begin to look to Him. I believe that this is a prophetic message. I believe that this is a prophetic time. And I believe that God has a word for us. And I wanna to read to us a scripture. It's found in Isaiah chapter 60. And so if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 60. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1 or click in your, your, uh, your app or download our, our notes from the app store. And I want you to read along with me. Wherever you're at, just begin to read with me. Isaiah chapter 60 in verse 1. Now the background of this story is this scripture or this scripture, the background of it, is that this is talking about the future glory of the the coming of, of Christ, the, the millennial reign of Christ in Jerusalem. It's a picture of the holy city during the Messiah's reign. And in verse one, it says, arise, my people. Say that with me, wherever you're at. Arise, my people, and let your light shine for all the nations to see. For the glory of the Lord is streaming from you. That takes on new meaning today. For the glory of the Lord is streaming from you. Darkness as black as night shall cover all the peoples of the earth, but the glory of the Lord will shine from you. All the nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see the glory of the Lord that's upon you. Can I just hear an amen for a moment? Amen and amen. When I read this scripture, what I see right away is it says, arise, arise. And you know, we've been praying for that for months and for years. We've been praying that God, your glory would come and that the power of God, we've longed to see the power of God being manifested and to be released. I mean, we've ran hard. We call it a passionate spirituality where we run hard after God. Nights ablaze, 21 days of prayer and fasting, knocking, seeking, tearing, asking, crying out and saying, Lord, please let your glory come into this place and touch our hearts and touch our lives. We've been praying for South Florida. And over the last several years, we've been beginning to praying, God, let it go beyond. Use us as a church and as a people, personally, individually, as a family, and as a church to let your glory begin to shine. I like what it says here. Arise, arise. You know, this week, the, uh, as I was in my devotions, a scripture caught my attention. In fact, I've never preached from this passage of scripture before. And I want to read it to you because I just kind of gets the essence of this idea of arising. The scripture is in Luke chapter 13. 
And in chapter 13, verse 11, it's when Jesus heals the, crip, the crippled woman. In verse 11, chapter 13, it says, and a woman was there. Where was she? She was in the synagogue. She was, she was worshiping. She was there like we are here uh, uh, today worshiping the Lord. And, and she was there in the temple. Now that's very important for me as I look at that. A woman was there who had been crippled been crippled by a spirit for 18 years, been crippled for 18 years. She was bent over and she couldn't straighten up at all. She was bent over. And when Jesus saw her, he calls her forward and he says to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And then he put his hands on her. Why do we lay hands? Why do we anoint? Why do we anoint with oil and pray? Right here, he laid his hands on her and immediately, say it with me, immediately, immediately. she straightened up and she began to praise God. You see, that's what happens when Jesus touches us. We arise from our crippled state when we're bent over physically, but more than that, when we're bent over emotionally and spiritually, when we can't even arise within ourselves, we see Jesus and we hear his voice and we understand his call and he touches us. And right at that moment, something begins to happen. You see, sin, sin cripples us. Sin causes us to be bowed down like gravity pulling us down. Sin pulls us down, but the touch of the Lord lifts us up. And we're bent over spiritually, but God touches us and we rise up and we strengthen and we're touched by God. And when we do, the spirit of God begins to awaken something. I want you to say it with me, arise. Say it right where you're at, arise. Say it, I can't hear you, arise. Touch somebody right there and just say arise. I mean, I don't know how you do all of it, but do the like, do the 100, heart it, you know, tell, we gotta tell Facebook, we need an amen. We need an amen emoji, right? Let's just do it right now. You know, just begin to write it, type it, get it in there. Why? Because God is arising something. He's arising something within our spirit. You see, when Jesus begins to do a work in your life, when God begins to touch you, man, the world begins to see and, and the world begins to understand that there is something different. Boy, in the midst of what's going on right now, God is wanting to touch you and God is wanting to minister to you and he's wanting to do a work in your life. If I go on in this verse, in verse 14, this is very interesting and I think this hits a lot of us that might be watching today. Look in verse 14, indignant, angrily, it's like a, a burst of anger, he loses his temper, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. The synagogue ruler, the one that was, that was overseeing the temple in the place of worship where Jesus heals this woman, the synagogue room ruler said to the people that was there, there are six days to work. So come and be healed on those days, but not on the Sabbath. See, this woman had a need. She was there crying out to God. She was asking him and seeking him. Lord, do something. Touch me, oh God. She had a need. And what was the synagogue ruler worried about? Because it was the Sabbath. You see, to the Jew, he was breaking a law. And they were more concerned about the laws than the ministry of Christ. I want to encourage you. Don't miss what God's doing in this moment. Don't miss the move of God. And there's a warning here. In fact, most of us on this stage, we've grown up in church. There's a warning for us that have grown up in church 
is don't miss what God is doing in the moment. We've been around it, we've seen it, we've been there, but can I tell you, we're in a new time, we're in a new season, we're at a different point. You might've been around church, you might've been in church all of your life, but don't miss what God is doing right now. See, don't let your relationship with God turn into a ritual, turn into a routine. It's what we always do. In fact, that's why we're mixing it up a little bit even today is because we don't want it to be a routine for you. We don't want your spirit to be bent over. We don't want you to get caught in a rut and in the ritual of the moment. See, they were in the temple. He was overseeing the worship of the temple and he missed what God was doing right then and right there. See, we're in a pandemic. Can I tell you, God's using it. He's stripping away all the things that we've learned to depend on. All the things in our lives that we've depended on. All the things that we in the church have learned to depend on. He's stripping it away. And it's causing us to press in like we've not pressed in before. To call on him, to cry out to him and say, God, your will, your ways, your purposes, oh God. We need you, God. Give a new outpouring of your spirit, oh God. One of the very first memory verses I ever learned with Matthew 6.33. We could probably quote it together. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek means run after, pursue. It's like, you, it's like, he's, it's like everything in you is pushing you that you got to touch him. You want to know him. First means first. Seek him first. Put him first. That nothing else in your life has a greater priority than seeking the Lord. Seek him first. You know what? He actually says it's a cure to anxiety and to worry when you seek first the kingdom of God. So what I want to do for a moment right here, I got a little bit more I want to share. So don't click away. Don't leave or you're going to miss the best part of the message. But what I want to do for a moment is I just want us to sing that song one more time. Now this time, don't be a spectator. This time be a participant. Participate in this moment. And I want us one more time begin to just say that Jesus is the center of it all. Let's sing it together.
scripture that we read to you out of Isaiah chapter 60 it says secondly arise and see the glory of the Lord you know there's a story in the New Testament where Jesus is engaging and he's teaching and a rich young ruler which means a rich young businessman a rich young leader comes to Jesus and says to Jesus how do I have eternal life what do I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And by the way, that's what I'm talking about today. Focus on the kingdom of God. And the rich young ruler said, what do I do to inherit, to, to, to enter into the kingdom of God? What do I need to do to have peace with God, to be saved? And Jesus says, to obey the 10 commandments. And the rich young member says, I've done all of that. I've, I've done that. And Jesus says, okay, go and sell all of your possessions and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And the Bible says that the rich young ruler put his head down and walked away. Now the story here is really not about money. It's really not about dispersing your wealth. The point of this story, the issue right here that we're talking about is Jesus was saying, you gotta eliminate, you gotta eliminate anything that's competing for my affection. What Jesus was saying is nothing can compete. Nothing can get in the way. Nothing can take first place. You've got to eliminate the competition. In fact, I want us to say that. Eliminate the competition. The competition what? of my affection. You see, the battle is always a battle for our heart. Who's going to be the Lord of our life? What's going to be the priority of my life? The lesson here is not about dispersing the wealth, but it's about seeking first the kingdom of God, putting God first, eliminating all of the competition and saying, God, I want you more than anything else in my life. I love a verse. I say it all the time. It's probably my favorite memory verse, and it's found in Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, it says, do not, say it with me, do not, underline it if you're taking notes, conform any longer to the pattern of this world. You see, what Paul is saying is stop allowing things to get into your life. Stop being molded or squeezed or formed into the values of this world, the influences of this world, the pressures of this world. Don't fit in. I like what one Bible translation says. Toby, it says, don't copy. Don't, don't try to imitate the things of this world. No, it says you got to eliminate the competition. I want to read. I want to come back to Romans, but let me read another verse to you in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the things of the world, if you're pursuing the values of this world, if you're being sucked in and squeezed in and trying to copy and, and fit into the mold of this world, he says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world... And then he begins to list some things. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. These things are not from the Father, but they're from the world. And this world is passing away and also 
is its lusts. You see, this is temporary. What we're experiencing here will not last. The things that we're pursuing here, they're temporary. They're here. And yet we spend an enormous amount of time focusing on the here and the now and the things of this world. And John is saying, listen, if you focus on the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. So when we as believers, when we are focusing on the things of this world, we're allowing ourselves to become distant to the Father. He says, here, it's not of this world. This world's passing away and also it's less. But the one who does the will of God abides forever. See, the value system of this world does everything to seduce us. It does everything it can to seduce us from our love from Christ, to steal our affection and to get us to a place that we're following and we're looking at it. Difficult times and circumstances always reveal our affections. Let me say it again. Difficult times and circumstances always reveal where our true affections are. What it is that, that we're living for and we're running for. Here in this scripture, it says pleasures of this world. I mean, the funny thing right now is all the pleasures of this world, they're taken away. There's no concerts, there's no sporting events. There's no gatherings. I mean, everything is being taken away. In fact, they're doing reruns of old games and old concerts. It's only the Church of Jesus Christ that's in the moment and doing live things right now. Everything else has been stripped away and the church is rising up like never before. Possessions. He says the possessions, that's the value system of the world. Pleasures and possessions. Toby, nobody's worrying about buying a new flat screen TV. Nobody. Andrew, they're trying to give away cars right now. I mean, they're doing everything they can to get you to buy things because people aren't focused on those things. And can I tell you, more people than ever are pursuing God and the things of the world, positions, people, all of these things are the value systems of the world. If I go back to Romans, it says, no, don't be conformed. Don't, don't, don't follow the patterns of this world, but be transformed. That means be changed. That means reflect. Reflect on what? The values of the kingdom of God. Get your eyes off the values of this world and get it onto the values of the kingdom of God. And when you do, it changes everything in your life. Allow God to begin to change our inward thinking, our inward man, the attitudes of our heart, the actions of our life. Allow God to begin to change it. Now the problem is so many people say, how? How do I do that? Pastor, what is that that I've got to do? And it comes back to the series that we're in right now. And that is focus. Continual focus, the renewing of the mind. In fact, in Romans, it goes on to say, and, uh, and, and you will be able to approve what God's will is. His good, his pleasing, his perfect will. So when you focus, oh, I love this. I love this. When you focus on the will of God, when you focus on the things of God, the value system of the kingdom of God, and you get your eyes off the values of this world, you focus on the character of God, the ways of God, the plans of God, what God has done before, you know he's going to do it again. When you focus on that, it's a renewing of the mind. There is a change that begins to take place, and that change brings transformation in your life. The Bible calls this change a metamorphosis. It's a, it's the biblical word really metamorphosis leads to a change in one's life and the change in one's life is really done. And we're really, we understand it more in the word of repentance. 
The change that happens is repentance. You see, Jesus, when he came, his ministry was preaching about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God, he says, is near. And when Jesus began to preach, in fact, I wanna read this verse to you. When Jesus began his ministry in Matthew chapter four, verse 17, look what he says. Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is near. And I tell you that as Christ preached this message, I believe that this pandemic is doing something. It's doing something in the life of the church, the life of believers. Jesus preached repentance. Jesus preached that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is near and therefore we've got to repent. We've got to change. There's got to be a metamorphosis. We've got to begin to allow God to change our mind, our actions, our inner man, our thoughts. It begins to change. Change, change, repent, repent of all of that that has separated us from God. Begin to repent, begin to say, God, let me be a reflection of your character, a reflection. Let the glory of God shine through me, God. And when you repent and you turn to God, it's like cleaning the windshield of your car. All of a sudden you can see like you couldn't see before. It's powerful, it's powerful. In Acts chapter three, verse 19, it says, repent, and then turn to God so that your sins might be wiped out. The windshield of your life is clean. The sins are removed. You have a right relationship with God. The glory of God can shine through you and renew. The renewing of the Lord will come when we do this. Today, I want to encourage you, search your heart church search your heart don't be so religious that you're bent over don't just sit on the couch or, or or just sit there watching and and not be moved by this moment but let something rise up and say god i want your glory i want to shine i want to arise i want something to happen lord lead me forgive me god let me walk with you in a greater devotion than i've ever walked with you before if there's a religious spirit in me god break that in me let A conviction that rises up and a courage that says, God, I'm not going to conform. I'm not going to conform to the pattern of this world. But God, I'm keeping my eyes on you. Now, what I want to do at this part in the message is I want, I want us to begin to pray. I want you to passionately pray. We call it a prompting prayer where you're engaged. In fact, if you're with somebody right now, you may want to take their hand and we're going to begin to pray and we're going to begin to say, God, let us arise. Lord, let us arise so that the glory of the Lord can shine through us. And what I've done today is I've asked Pastor Nadine, one of our pastors to come and to lead us in this prompting prayer. Pastor Nadine, would you come? You know, when um, God speaks, he doesn't speak to be heard. He speaks to be obeyed. The woman was at the back of the room and Jesus called her. He beckoned her to come. There was a response and her response was obedience. And in her obedience, she received a miraculous work in her body that the physicians couldn't give her. The doctors couldn't give her, man couldn't give her. Only Jesus could give her, not just what her physical body needed, but what her soul needed. 
I believe that God is speaking to us in this hour. This hour of this pandemic church, for you that are watching, whether you're at work or you're in your living rooms, you're in your cars, wherever you are, I believe right where you are, God is speaking to you. He's speaking that your hearts will be postured to him, that no matter where you are, you will hear him from the back of the room, from the back of the car, from the back of the workspace, and you would hear his voice saying, come, come to him, and he will give you what you need. You know, a prerequisite to see revival in our lives is repentance. A key prerequisite to see revival in our land is repentance. Politics can't do it, church. Man can't do it. It's only when people of God turn from their wicked ways and turn to God that we will see a revival sweep across our land. I'm believing for a global revival to sweep across the land. I'm believing for revival to sweep in your home. I'm believing for revival to sweep across your family, across your marriage, across your individual circumstance. How many want to believe that with me? Then right where you are, no matter where it is, I want you to stand in agreement and say yes Pastor Nadine I'm believing for revival revival come to my home come to my marriage come to my family I'm tired of being bent over in the back of the room I'm ready to stand and be who God has called me to be but first there must be hearts of repentance I'm reminded of Josiah in 2nd Kings chapter 22 and 23 when he had heard that the people of God when they opened up the book to him the Old Testament scrolls and he realized that the people of God were not living for God he was torn in his heart he couldn't believe it that they were going to the temple but they weren't living for God that they were singing songs, but they weren't living for God. That they were opening the Torah, but they were not living for God. I don't know about you, but I believe that God is calling the earth, the children of God, the sons and daughters of God, to turn from their ways and come back to the living God. Right now, we're talking about going back to the norm. No, 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 we need to go back to God. We're talking about turning back and waiting for the norm to come back. No, no, no. We with me and say Lord in the name of Jesus if I have turned from my from from you and from the things of God and the ways of God and I put up um, erected models in my life that are not pleasing to you if I put up idols in my life that are not pleasing to you Lord if I've become an idol to myself and I've dethroned you off the, the th enthronement of my heart Lord today I'm coming back to you I'm dethroning arrogance in the name of Jesus I'm dethroning pride in the name of Jesus. I'm dethroning complacency in the name of Jesus. Dethrone religiosity in the name of Jesus. I dethrone prayerlessness in my life in the name of Jesus. I'm coming back to the Lord. I'm coming back to his holy ways. I'm rendering not my garments, but I'm rendering my heart to say, Lord, search me and see if there be any wicked way within me and lead me to the place of everlasting. I want to pursue you. I want to live for you. I want to live in the holiness of God, in the righteousness of God. So I turn from my sin and I turn back to God. Why? Because it would be a shame to have everything but don't have God. It would be a, a tragedy 
to go through this season where God is speaking to you, but you're not attentive to what he's saying. It'll be a shame to watch these services week in and week out, to watch the online prayer every day, but your hearts aren't rendered to God. So right now, Lord God, I say I need you. Come into my life again. I turn from my ways. I seek you, I humble myself, and I ask, oh God, would you heal me? Heal my family, heal my home, and heal my land. Would you heal this nation? We declare healing across the nation. We declare righteousness across the nation. We declare holiness across the nation. We declare a repentance across the nation. For the Lord our God, he says arise. He is coming and his light is with him to turn you from your darkness and to turn back to his ways and his purity. So Lord, we thank you for we know you hear our cry. A cry you will not turn away is a cry of repentance. And so we turn from our wicked ways and we turn to you, oh God. And we say, Lord, we don't want to do it without you. We need you, Lord. We don't want it without you. We don't want to know life without you. We don't want to go on without you. We need you, Lord. So have your way. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name, can somebody shout amen? one more time out of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 60, verse one again. Arise, my people. Let your light shine for all the nations to see. For the glory of the Lord is streaming from you. Darkness as black as night shall cover all the people of the earth. But the glory of the Lord will shine from you. All the nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see the glory of the Lord that's on you. Arise, see the glory of the Lord and let the light shine. I believe that this is our final 
in our finest moment, in these final days of the, of the coming of the Lord. See, Jesus preached the kingdom of God is near. And more than ever in my lifetime, I can say the coming of the Lord is near. How do you let your light shine? What's what I've been talking to you about? It's not, it's not complicated. It's what we've been talking about. You begin to eliminate all the competition for the affections that become and get in the way between you and the Lord. You seek the Lord. You determine with all of your heart you're going to cleanse, that you're going to cry out to God and say, God, let me be what you've called me to be. God, help me. Turn my heart back, God. I don't want to be double-minded. I want to be, God, in alignment with you. I want to walk in your ways. I want to know your ways. I want to understand the depths of who you are. When you begin to renew your mind, when you refuse to compromise, when you refuse to conform, it happens automatically. What happens automatically is automatically the shining of the glory of God begins to flow from you. You see, sometimes people think there's something I got to do much more than that, but it's the basics. You get back to the basics. You get back to walking in obedience. And when you do, the favor of God begins to flow. When you walk in obedience, when you cleanse your heart, when you determine you're going to let the glory of God, you renew your mind, you determine that you're not going to copy the behaviors of this world. When you do that, blessing begins to come. Protection comes your way. Peace comes into your life. When you do that, the nations will begin to see. And by the way, the nation seeing the glory that's shining is not an individual word. It's a corporate word. It's a prophetic word for us as a church and for the people of God, for the glory of God, that when we let the light of God begin to shine through us, the nations of the world will see mighty kings, leaders of the world, people in other nations will take notice of what God is doing in those moments. Church, this is our final, this is our finest moment. This is, this is the finest moment that we've ever had to shine bright and let the glory of God be amongst us. What God is doing in each and every one of our lives, CLC, I believe it's a prophetic moment for you. Open your ears. Determine that as a family, as an individual, as a church, that God, we're going to let the glory shine, that we're going to light, we're going to allow the light of Christ to be reflected through us, that nothing is going to hinder the reflection of the very presence of God in my life, that the glory of God will be seen in your life. The focus that I want you to see today is on the kingdom of God. Jesus preached it's coming. Jesus said it's near. And today I want to remind you as we stay focused on the kingdom of God, on the will of God, as you do that, the purposes of God will be released in your life. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.